This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen, and you're not my real dad and you never will be. And my name is Chris and when it's Taco Tuesday, she never left the card because she always loved Taco, Taco Tuesday. Tuesday. And you're listening to Sissy That Pod, your favourite RuPaul's reaction podcast. This week we're getting into All Stars 8, the improv challenge, Forensic Queens with the brilliant YouTuber Legia Miller. She is, you know, first in all things law and order. So she was the perfect person to get into this episode with since last week's episode you've watched the original scene from mommy dearest with the hangers what was your takeaway yeah same as you from last week i think it was a bit too serious for me to be i I wouldn't have found it comedic at all i Mm. found it very serious i found it quite disturbing and to know that that's where this joke that I've been laughing at for God knows how long since whenever. Um, uh, Ulcers 2 or whatever. That, yeah. yeah, who was it? Did? Yeah, Ulcers 2. Alyssa. Um, Alyssa playing Joan playing Alyssa. Um, yeah, I was laughing at it and then I'm like, oh girl, this is kind of <laughs> tragic and dramatic and really sad. So, yeah. I mean, the song No More Wire Hangers was in my head a lot of the week as well. It, yeah, I kind of do too. want a three minute version. <laughs> Yes, remix into Padam Padam. <laughs> is that the noise of the of the hanger hitting somebody? Is it? Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, enough of this. Let's get on with this week's episode. Please welcome back to the podcast, Legion Miller. Woo! Legia Miller, thank you so much for coming back on Sissy That Pod since we've been chatting. How have you been keeping? Or how are you doing? Should I say Irish version? I followed. Yes, I'm doing great. Just, you know, pumping out content over on YouTube, talking about the law, uh, hanging in there. She's a she would you would you describe law as a as a fickle beast? (laughs) Um, I describe the actors interpreting the law as fickle beasts. I have no idea where that question came from. It just, it just took me over. I think I was going to say the law was a fickle beast, and I was like, Keen, you have literally no authority to say that. So yeah, that's right. I mean, You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, how have you found All Stars 8 so far? You know, it's been fun, but I feel like we were really spoiled with All Stars 7 because it really was, you know, all winners, all stars. And so this season has felt like a little... I don't want to say downgrade but just the I haven't been like stunned and wowed as much this season as I was for the last all-star season but it's still been a fun time yeah no it has been a fun time I totally agree like I don't know I can't think of like what is this season's iconic moment yet mm-hmm. there was the one moment when I audibly gasped was when Jessica did the lip sync with the boobs and she ripped her top open and they just kind of came tumbling out and it was so perfect for the song she was singing mm. um that was the only time I was like oh, wow okay <laughs> nice okay well done to Jessica's boobs that's um, right yeah okay who do you find yourself rooting for out of the cast left over yeah so I've really liked Jimbo because I am someone who's always a sucker for the weirdos. Um, but I don't know this. We can get into this, too. But this week, I've, I've, I'm feeling kind of one note coming from Jimbo recently. And so um, I really like uh, Lala Ree. I feel like she's had the best attitude this whole season. She's just been like, I'm here to have fun. 
this is a good time. And I think it comes across in, in her performances, but also Candy Muse has been really winning me over this season. I watched her season of the original season of Drag Race, but I don't know. I feel like her makeup is always so gorgeous. She's so confident. And that's something that is, I'm always in awe of with drag queens, just generally that they are just bold enough to go walk a runway. I could not even imagine doing that, but she's so confident and, and I admire that a lot. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, the episode starts with the Queens or Kahana opening the box for the for the third time. She is so used to that box at this point. Um, and she's pulling out all the lipsticks. said, James, Chris, you and I were kind of taken aback last week that James got so many votes. The Queens seemed to suggest it was because they because uh, James didn't have a win. Did you, Chris, think that was a viable or reasonable excuse? No. No, I think it was a little bit sneaky, a little snaky to kind of get rid of her because Kahana literally got voted out the, the week before, but was saved by the fact that hiding closet went home. So I think it was a bit of a cop out to say that. I wonder if they had like a little discussion outside to be like, let's just get rid of her because she's a little bit of competition. But I do understand the reasoning, but I also don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> yeah, where did you land on that, Lija? Yeah, I was surprised because I thought that James is she's done so well this season and it felt like it was cut short and there was more for her to to show us. And I've been bored with Kahana for a while. It's just kind of been showgirl outfit, showgirl outfit. She's very beautiful, but like, you know, um, I, I it felt like she was re- I was ready for her to go home and I wanted to see more from James. On the topic of Kahana, did either of you see the Twitter beef between Kahana and Heidi that unfolded this week? No. No, enlighten us. Um, (laughs) So, Bussy Queen probably has the best uh, recap if you want all the, the, like, uh, prime resources. Uh, But basically, there was a Roscoe's interview by Kahana about the Snatch Game episode where Kahana said, oh, like, what we saw from Heidi, like, taunting me was just the tip of the iceberg. There was so much more to it. Um, wow. if it had just been what I what you saw like I wouldn't have been annoyed there was a lot more and Heidi kind of kind of tweeted it in a sort of eye rolly way didn't act Kahana about it and just was like you know I don't need to listen to this I'm happy where I am doing a job in Norway and just trying to move on and then Kahana kind of then did another set of subtweet again that adding Heidi and then they began adding each other and then they began kind of threatening each other. <laughs> oh my then, gosh. Then like like then Heidi like shared a text exchange where they kind of were like, you know, I was like, I told you I was volleying, you know, I told you I genuinely thought I was volleying with you. I didn't mean to upset you. And Kahana was like, well, your truth isn't my truth. And basically they were like, well, you've, you've lost a sister in me. And it's like, yeah, same, basically. So they seem to have fallen Whoa. out big time. Wow. That's it, does, it does seem like there must have been something else other than what we saw, because that doesn't, I feel like we've seen bigger back and forths, explosive back and forths on the show, and then Queens being able to move past it. Um, so, I mean, that does make it seem like something else was going on. They were also coming for each other's credit scores, which... Is an interesting. <laughs> there was a lot of credit score to that episode, wasn't there? Because they were saying that about the man. Yeah, like, yeah, like he's good credit score. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very topical for some reason. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, cost of living crisis, I suppose, you know. That's right. <laughs> Matters more than ever. Yeah. Look where Heidi was like, well, Kahana, you live in, in Vegas and the house market's quite cheap there. I could afford a house. I, they were very like, <laughs> they were very adult Sunday newspaper reads of each other, you know. <laughs> uh, this week's challenge is called Forensic Queens where the queens have to kind of do a kind of like Dateline-esque improv show based on uh, the the what happened to Little Pound Cake uh, the queens are sort of tussling with which role to take and uh, we see Alexis give up a role to Lala um, and also for context Alexis did an interview during the week saying that uh, the week prior when they were casting the Rusical Alexis and Jessica did an audition for Jessica's role that wasn't aired. So Alexis wanted the bring me the axe role and and lost it. So Alexis really felt like the role she had last week wasn't the one she wanted. So I think that also sets the stage for why she gets so frustrated here when she loses out on the two roles she wants again, first to Lala and first to Candy. I personally am a crier and I could definitely I definitely get annoyed as well. If mm-hmm. like I'm willing to do sacrifice for something and I see somebody else not willing to make the same sacrifice, that frustrates me. So I was fully on board Alexis's sob train this week. How did you read the situation, Lija? Uh, same. I am also big crier. I think I would have broken down long before this in this competition. <laughs> um, and I, I also, I, yeah, I really felt for her because when you, when they start, they don't stop and it can be embarrassing, but you can't stop them and you, you kind of have to let them out. And especially when there's that much pressure and it kind of just seemed like when I can't remember which queen was like, like you got to just let it out. And then she just kind of started sobbing. It felt like there was a lot building up to that, that cry scene. Yeah, I think it was Jimbo who was like patting their back. And I, mm. and I actually really appreciate Jimbo. I, I felt they were almost about to say, don't cry. And then mm. they kind of went, don't worry about it, let it all out. And I was like, yes, <laughs> good. That's what I'm here for. Yes. Never tell me not to cry. <laughs> Absolutely. It makes it worse. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Chris, I think you seem to have like a stronger resolve than me. Were you more Team Candy on this? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like they need to be a bit more grown up about like, you know, it's, it's roles. Like you need to be a bit more assertive. And I think that like she kind of fell like a house of cards when Lala was like I'm doing this role so then I think she thought she'd be handed the other one and then obviously it didn't happen and you're going up against Candy Candy is a fierce queen she's very assertive and even she walked away from it as well and she was like oh I can't do the dramatics (laughs) with her role she walked away so I was like I don't know I think you need to stand up for yourself a little bit more but I do understand the pressure cooker and the crying um I would probably cry too but I would probably put up a bit more of a fight because I felt like she was like, oh, I'll take the other role and then immediately started crying. Yeah. Oh, she definitely didn't put up enough of a fight, but I also don't no. know how much of the fight was in her. Like, no, do you think the, the the way that she had less of a problem with giving it to Lana than Candy is because we've know that she has a, I don't know if say a love for, for Lana, a hard on for Lana, I think is. Yes. It's <laughs> a yes. better way of saying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's probably why she gave it up. But then, Yeah. I don't know what I was going to say. No, but when she, I think her approach was wrong. I was going to say with Candy, and she said, um, "Like, oh, these roles are so similar. Can you not just do the other one?" And then it was like, "You've set yourself up for failure there because now yes. why can't you do that one?" And Candy was dead right when she said that. Yeah, yeah. it was a very indirect way to try to deal with somebody who's incredibly direct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By saying they're the same, <laughs> what Alex was trying to say is, "Can you not just take one for the team?" But like. 
you know, she didn't say it and she shot herself. Candy's team is Candy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Candy is a team yes. of one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought like that, like, yeah, I thought that was all the drama. But then basically Alexis goes off. She has her moment. She cries. She comes back. She's like edging with tears. And then Gahana is is out the door packing. Did you did any of you see this coming? It seemed like they all just met their their breaking point at the same time. Like tensions are high. I think Heidi having left already in the season probably kind of was an up ramp in in the the tension. But yeah, that was I mean, have we ever had Rue having to come into the workroom to regroup everyone? Has that ever happened? The only before? time I can think of is is when Rue came in to try stop Adore Delano from leaving in All Stars 2. And remember, if you yes. remember, Michelle, you know, drove across LA in her civvies mm-hmm. to try to chat to Dorsana <laughs> out in the smoking area to like try to stop her from leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only other time I could think of. And remember Ruby like, is there anything I can say to keep you from going? And Dora was like, no. Yeah. So that's the only other time. And that was just for one person. This was like two of them, I felt. Right. And I'm sure Rue was freaking out because I'm sure he was like, okay, we already lost one queen and I had to make up for it because we have a certain number of episodes we have to do that we're contractually obligated. So these bitches can't leave. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like that was fully how I read the situation. Rue was like, there's six parts in this challenge. If you go, we can't do this challenge and we're fucked from a production (laughs) point of view. But like, you know, I always say like the second you know, the subgenre of drag race is like self-help, you know, like, mm. you know, Rue is certainly not a infallible character, you know, for many reasons. But I do think it comes across that he has done a lot of therapy. And I do think, you know, his advice a lot of the time, not all the time, is is good. And I think this whole feelings aren't facts mantra he was saying, I actually think is is fair enough. Mm. Yeah, that's like the core of cognitive behavioral therapy. He's got it. <laughs> He's got it. <laughs> um, yeah, because I wasn't sure how, like, would he go in hard or would he go in soft? And he kind of did a bit of both. Like, I thought it was fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what the vibe was in the room, but they, yeah, he definitely opened a can of whoop pass on them. So let's get into <laughs> the actual challenge. Uh, I thought it was good. It was a little bit strange because I was watching it and then it kind of went straight into it. There was no kind of like transition of like them on in front of a green screen trying to pretend to be these people. It was right into the challenge. And I got a bit confused because I thought she was describing something. I thought because it was Rue's voiceover. And I was like, wait, what's happening? I was like, oh, it's this is a OK, we're here. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I really liked it. They set it up really well. Um, it felt familiar and then a little bit different as well. Um, and I didn't, I, for some reason I was like, I forgot they were doing improv and I was like, oh wait, that was really good. Like most of the stuff that they did. Um, and like, I love bringing back little pancake. I think that was so funny. I think that's really cool. I love when they reference little bits like that. So yeah. And I guess we don't really get those Dateline shows as much over here. So I guess the beats were maybe a bit more lost in us. Like how did you, how did you find it compared kind of beat for beat? No, I thought it was great. I think they should let the queens improv more because it was frankly better than a lot of the writing is on the (laughs) scripted things they have to do. (laughs) I said it. Um, And I was was really impressed. I genuinely laughed out loud, which honestly does not happen a lot with the the acting competitions. Um, Do you have some favorite moments that you laughed at? Can you think? I mean, La La Ree for me was just, 
completely on point literally from the moment you see her in that golf cart just <laughs> on the phone driving over things um like offering the interviewer a drink of her flask asking for five dollars when they're in the ladies room like talking about like that was all if that was all improv which i am led to believe it was that's really funny that she just came up with that yeah my, one of my favorite moments was uh jessica wilde's taco tuesday monologue you know i was yeah. gonna say so I, good. I, was, mm-hmm. I was laughing a lot at that and just like <laughs> the level of unnecessary details she likes the soft tacos <laughs> and she always wants the guacamole and that pays extra so when she didn't bring yeah. a card i knew that was something was up i just thought that was like <laughs> such uh comedy in such mundane details did you have mm-hmm. any laugh out loud moments chris yeah, I was going to say Jessica Wilde was the same for me. Like, I just think the deadpan of giving it, like, and not, like, breaking or laughing, like, telling it as if, like, this is, like, a true of, for Pound Cake to do this. I thought that was really funny. Also, Rue playing the Rue enactment. What was happening? Yes. <laughs> I had to go back to make sure my Caucasian brain wasn't, like, confusing me <laughs> and I wasn't making that hallowed mistake. And I was like, that was Rue, right? And I had to double check. I was like, yeah, they definitely have hair on their head. It is RuPaul. Like, what was that about? Did did they come up with the idea after? Like, bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. Yeah, that whole editing, because similarly, Chris, I was confused because usually they say, here's what the maxi challenge was. Here's the, the grand premiere of this new show. And then they play it. But instead, they just went straight into it. And then you had Rue playing Lala Ree's character. And so it did seem to me like maybe they there was a plot hole or something. They were like, fuck, we got to plug this up. I don't know. Let's just put RuPaul in a wig and it'll work. With like, I liked it. I mean, several layers of Vaseline over the screen so that you could, yes. you know, so that you'd have to look to make sure. But the voice was clearly RuPaul's voice, not Lala yes. Ree's voice. So, yeah, that was very strange so we liked Lala we liked Jess how'd you find Kahana um I was impressed after what we've seen from her in the acting Mm -hmm. previously and also after her full breakdown that she had that she wanted to leave over this I thought that she did a, a really good job and seemed a hell of a lot more comfortable I don't know if that was just Jimbo's little words of advice kind of pumping her up and she like just calmed down a little bit and just had fun but i i was impressed yeah i i quite like like i thought she had fun you know where is the body akiria is the body like i liked the fun references she managed to pepper it at the end but it was very much good for kahana i on the other hand i didn't think jimbo did a great job on this like i thought there was an interesting character with the german accent i don't think i loved the stink finger um like it's an interesting concept I don't really know if it paid off Chris where did you land on that I liked it I thought it was funny I think when you lean into it like and you're like okay this is drag this is kind of bonkers like um as soon as I was like that I thought it was really funny I thought it was good I thought she was she was excellent I think the the judges seem to like it as well it's very like physical American humor so I feel like it did really well with like the panel of judges um and I, I assumed she was kind of like runner-up almost it seemed from the judging that maybe. she was like maybe next to win Lisa Stinkfinger fan <laughs> <laughs> hmm um no I thought it was funny I I wouldn't say I laughed out loud at it but I did I think I wanted more 
boisterous German accent from her. And maybe that's, I'm asking too much. That sounds hard. I don't think I could do that. But if you're going to do the accent, like do the accent, you know, but I thought, I thought it was funny. I don't think you've ever seen the episode of Frasier where they're putting on like a radio um, play and Frasier, it does the Frasier thing of like being like overly anal with all of them. And there's this voice actor who's in it and he's like, you've told me my German sounded like they were Austrian and that my dwarf was too small. (laughs) I was wondering, (laughs) was that the, uh, that sort of like, you know, I want a more boisterous German accent. But yeah, I kind of kind of came in and out. It could have been Swedish at times. Yeah, I guess my issue with Jimbo was I thought it was good acting, but I, I think they were the only person that I didn't have a laugh out loud moment from. And I think mm-hmm. that was kind of like the currency by which I was kind of judging them all. Mm-hmm. Candy's role as Anita Clue, she was kind of like the anchor of the piece. And I think that kind of didn't give her much opportunity to find the funny in it. Or maybe she could have found the funny and she didn't. Uh, like she had that bit where she was talking about noshing off the cameraman. Which kind of just felt totally out of place. Yeah, it didn't seem too cohesive. And even like Rue was saying that like, you kind of said you weren't a detective and then you were a detective and then you were like an attorney or whatever. And she kind of lost who she was. And then again, it was just Candy. It was just Candy playing herself, which I'm kind of getting bored with. I know it sounds a bit mean, um, but like, I was just, I was just kind of like, oh, it's the same thing. But then Rue loves it. So if you knew that Rue loved it, you know, how are you going to make Rue laugh? Like, that's the whole thing. So, and even Rue said at the end, I'd love to see more candy. I love seeing more candy. So, you know, maybe she played to her strengths and I think that he, she did what he wanted to see. Yeah, I think I wanted more out of out of the character than what she delivered. And it did just kind of feel like her. But I don't, I couldn't tell, I couldn't put my finger on what she could have done to make it funnier. Because I do think Candy herself is funny but the yeah she didn't she wasn't able to kind of let let the funny out in this Mm. role yeah i almost felt like there was too much admin for her to be doing because she had to be interrogating people Mm. she had to be you know looking for clues whereas everyone else like effectively she was the straight man i suppose for all of them and all all the rest of them got to be the the wacky one like even you know when they're having a conversation with Lala and she was like you know where did this fiber come from and Lala was like I need to increase my fiber intake <laughs> like a totally <laughs> different answer but that was very good mm-hmm. as someone who I'm sure has has come in contact with several district attorneys how did Alexis's fare um well she wasn't funny and that was fitting I would say <laughs> oh drag her <laughs> Sorry. No, um, I loved the pantsuit. I thought that was great. It was a little honestly too fashion forward for the district attorneys I've come into contact. Sorry, I'm being so mean about district attorneys. Um uh it was it was good. It was not memorable to me, the performance. They've got Effie Lee Bailey. That's a pun on the OJ guy, right? Yes. Yep. I mean, there was that line about Flatbush. And mm-hmm. on a night out, everyone has a flat bush. I kind of enjoyed that. There was a throwback to the challenge that you'll never be glamour. But they kind of like, I felt like it was a very difficult role because they kind of came in right at the end. Yeah. And when you had so many big characters, Alexis had to have been kind of the biggest at that point or else it would just kind of get lost. So I think she had a tough job and I kind mm-hmm. of agreed. 
she didn't hit the mark but i also found myself really rooting for her so i know it's hard to tell yeah i was the same when i saw her originally i thought it was so funny like her hair would like maybe laugh immediately and i felt like she really my understanding of what a public attorney looks like from television it was like a hit the nail on the head whether that's true to real life i'm not sure but i thought that felt very real and then her pantsuit was great and then like the toilet paper was kind of funny the fall didn't feel real for me or like didn't land um, but yeah, she had some good one-liners. The only thing was her accent kept kind of changing because it was like very, I'm going to say Queens at one point. And then it kind of went back to her normal voice. Oh, um, yeah, that's true. In the talking head, it was almost like a different accent than in the, yeah. in the scenes. <laughs> Did you forget what you were saying or how you were speaking? <laughs> um, but I thought she was good. I thought I thought she wasn't. I didn't think she was bottom, though. I mean, it was hard. There's only six of them. Um, yeah. For me, her her acting... It's hard for me because she, this whole season she's been like, oh, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. This is this is all me. And then she goes in and is so serious about it because I think she's built herself into like, this is my thing. And then it's it doesn't it's not funny because she's taking it too seriously. Like even the one liner she was dropping for me, it felt like rehearsed, even though it was supposed to be kind of ad-libbed and organic um so for that's why it didn't work for me yeah there is mm. there is an aspect of her like always performing as if she's on a stage and mm-hmm. i think you do need to tweak that character or even like your projection and stuff like that when you're like in a talking head camera thing like cause i think her b arthur worked well because you know she could kind of play that as a theatrical role but mm-hmm. this character i suppose you know i guess talk one authority yeah i don't it did maybe feel a bit stage stagey um in terms of lines though i did love the idea that little pound cake would have uh birth control pills yeah that was good that was good <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments um okay so if we're judging purely on the challenge Lija, you're giving the win to lala yeah i thought it was deserved chris yeah lala, lala. okay uh, purely on the challenge i would go for jessica because i love that taco tuesday but that was quite good mm. too Mm. thank you so much for listening to sissy that pod and if you are only gagging for more content head over to the workroom it is our premium feed of the show where i'm currently covering drag race espana but i've also covered all the international franchises there too This week, there's an episode out on episode 8 on 9 of Drag Race Espana with the brilliant Charlie Slays. We discuss one of the worst looks in Drag Race Espana, her story from Kelly Roller. Where she fell down was the Zeus. Oh, the Zeus. The Zeus of it all. Look, it will live on in Drag Race infamy. And is that not one of the things that I would quite like to go on as a queen and just have that really bad runway that's like like the La La Re bag dress. She made a career out of that dress. And Kelly Rowler will probably do the same. I can see her wearing this at Pride Parade. I can see her wearing this for the grand hotel de la arenas that they're gonna do I, I you know this has become her thing and we also express our discontent with this week's guest judge and future host of drag race mexico valentina not value for money what a rubbish judge what happened and valentina has been nothing but entertainment in every moment that she's been on drag race and i think she was doing her i've got to get ready to host drag race mexico i'm gonna put on the host hat and be a host and do all that kind of thing but she didn't really give any good judgment she didn't really give any good criticism i didn't hear any critiques from her at any point yeah i think she spoke about fabric three times and that was about it i'm gonna say it 
Cynthia Lee Fontaine for season four. Oh, I love the cuckoo. Yes. So that's in the workroom. Head over to headstuffpodcast.com to sign up and I shall talk to you then. Is AI taking over? How can I be safe online? Will big tech go bust? For tech's sake, we'll answer all of these questions and more in its new series. I'm Elaine Burke. And I'm Jenny Darmody. And we're back with more experts to help you be a more informed and empowered tech user. For tech's sake is a co-production from Silicon Republic and the Headstuff Podcast Network. Okay, on to the runway. Uh, Ruse, look, did you enjoy it with the belt? I loved it. It was like, I feel like a lot of times her looks on are very glamorous, but this one felt kooky and and different than what she usually does. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard to reinvent the wheel at this point, um, mm-hmm. but I thought this was at least something new. I mean, you know, I don't know if you know, uh, there's an iconic look by a British uh, model called uh, Jodie Harsh, where she just wore two belts over her breasts. Maybe, uh, maybe Rue could take that angle with the next belt-inspired <laughs> look that they go for. Um, okay, the category is Miss Fill in the Blank, which I actually really liked as a category in concept because it's more like what are the blankest slates you can get to kind of create a character. That being said, I don't know if I loved a lot of the concepts or characters that people came up with. So maybe it isn't a good runway. But in concept, I liked the I like the runway. Um, so if we head over to Drag Looks to check out um the to the looks that we're looking at, uh, first up is Jimbo. She was Miss Tits McGee two thousand and three, an Aussie pageant queen with a Z cup. Uh, I'm I'm guessing this continues the one notedness you're getting from Jimbo, Lija. Yeah, I, I loved the the boobs for the butt, the butt boobs earlier in the season. But at this point, I'm like, all right, big boobs. We get it. OK. I was kind of the same. I kind of was like, I kind of didn't think this was anything new from her. Mm, I'm a Jimbo fan. I really liked it. I thought it was <laughs> funny. And then like, I think Tits McGee is like a Anchorman joke, isn't it? Or like, oh, I remember be, yeah. being in that and it was like really, really funny and important for all the straight boys back in the day. Um, <laughs> so I remember that and I was like, okay, she's fucking dragged it up. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. And the sash like <laughs> draped across one tit. <laughs> I don't know. It's just does something for me. So yeah, there I, is, I really like it. There is never detail to it. I mean, her face looks great. The wig looks great. Mm. It does sort of look a bit, um, I mean, there's less detail below the waist. Let me say that. Yeah. yeah, I imagine if you were like, what's the, what sort of pageant looking Jimbo would go for? You'd be like, oh, it'd be like you know a pageant queen with massive boobs, and that's exactly what we got. Yeah. Um, Kahana Montrese is up next. She was Miss Tired Ass Showgirl in an emerald and green pageant, sorry, emerald and gold pageant look with a kind of you know Simone Nickelodeon style updo. You know, I guess we're getting a lot of showgirlness from Kahana and I guess I'm slightly tired of that but this was actually one of my favorites so I <laughs> um I love the hair and I like the concept um but yeah for me it just kind of it was again the showgirl thing and I, I like a more uh multifaceted queen usually mm. like if she 
hammed up the tiredness if she had like you know sleep stuck to her face like that you know, eye you know g- guck that's in your in your eye on her face or like if she had only like half her face done with makeup because she was running late or something like that that could have been a better yeah. concept with this mm-hmm. i agree yeah i think it's just an excuse to wear that dress which i love and it <laughs> does look great yes and the hair looks good but yeah it's it's the same note that we've got the whole time I know that's been very hypocritical when I was talking about Jimbo. <laughs> also doing the one note. But yeah, it was definitely something that she had already. She's like, I'll just say tired ass showgirl because they'll probably see a lot of this already. Yeah, I'll wear this and I'll yawn and that'll be the tired aspect. <laughs> yes. The sour cream. Who was it? Tasha Davis with their sour cream with the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very bad. Yeah, very bad. <laughs> Uh, Alexis is up next this was my top two of the week I really liked this she was Miss a man pig with a jock strap uh, across her chest it's a gold uh, mermaid dress that kind of ombres into uh, canary yellow at the bottom Uh, she has a scepter and then from her back she has a cape of a red uh, bandana or hanky Um, they were talking about the red hanky Chris do you know what the red hanky stands for? I think I do is it it's not it's the fisting one. It's fisting, yeah. And it's okay. in it's in her left pocket, which means she wants to be the fister and not the fisty. Um oh, which I thought okay. is it interesting? You know, I thought like there was there was depth to this look. Uh, I told you about her. I w- oh, that must be why she's wearing the big black glove as well in her right hand, um, for the fisting. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, there's there's depth to that. that I'm just picking up right now. I loved this. <laughs> wow. I love that. No, this is definitely the best look of the night, I think. I think she like had fun with it. And it's really elevated. It's weird. I've never would think to see someone in an elevated jockstrap gown um, <laughs> that also included like stains and a hanky and a fisting glove. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'll admit that a lot of it went over my head as uh, not a member of the gay male community. I uh, did not understand the references, but... I got I got the jock strap at least, and I thought that was funny. I love I love a weird, a gross. So like I can get behind everything that's happening here. Yeah, for sure. it's gross and glamorous at the same time, which is tough yeah. to pull off. And she managed to do it, I think, <laughs> which is good. Someone I think who also tried to do gross and glamorous, and I think maybe didn't do it as well, even though I love her, is Jessica Wilde, who was Miss Sausage Party. She came out in a sort of yellow. Um, sequin dress that had a bit of kind of another fishtail cut at the end of it as well she has a tiara with wieners on it and then she's holding it's like it's a sausage teddy bear with sausage entrails coming out of it i think it's the i think it's the props that ruin it for me Mm. like i think it's a nice dress it's a bit basic i think she could have done more there could have been more sausage. And better sausage, maybe. I don't know. Like, if it's a sausage party, bring out some, like, balloons. And, I don't know, do something. Like, make part of your outfit out of sausage links or something. Like, yeah, it just felt like she had her dress and then hung sausages off of it because she needed a theme. But, like, even the length of the... Like... Okay, there's a really big, long, brown sausage that just... <laughs> It looks like a poo. Like, let's just be honest. It yeah. looks like a poo. It doesn't it's... look like a sausage. No. And then there's sausages tied to it with a bow. It's... Is it supposed to be like a bouquet of sausages or something? Maybe. Mm. But what... And she like just one. Oh, is That's it... what I thought. Is the brown supposed to be a baguette? <laughs> 
I doubt I, it. I think it's a big sausage. I can't. I can't work it out. Um, I like the idea. Yeah. I just wish it's definitely she had the dress. I wish it was more. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, de- biodegradable. Which <laughs> 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 was edible. I think is what I want. Mm. I want my sausages mm-hmm. to be real. Uh, <laughs> Candy is up next in a Miss Arrogant uh, look with a. It's kind of like powder blue and red kind of hair fringe on the shoulders and then like a sort of uh, almost kind of small maxi dress thing or baby doll dress um, that she's wearing that's also the same colours. And then a hair piece that reminds me of a shisha pipe. Oh, yes. <laughs> but Absolutely. But all, all the different like pipes coming out of it and everything, that's exactly what it was given to me. I appreciate that she went for Miss Arrogant because, you know, that was the whole storyline between her and Tamisha Mann in season 13. But I think she think the judges were fair when they said they didn't get arrogance off the look in particular. Mm-hmm. I love the hair. The three tiaras, I think, fits really well. But yeah, everything and her makeup is gorgeous. I've just loved her makeup this whole season. But everything below the neck, yeah, doesn't really make sense for the theme. Yeah, like, I feel the same. I do like it. Like, I think it was probably supposed to be sold better with the facial um, looks, but... Yeah, I think it was very, very loose. Um, it was probably a look that she just wanted to wear true tiaras on it and then said it was, she was arrogant. Uh, look, I think I actually quite like it from like a fashion point of view. I just don't know yeah. how well it tied yeah. into Miss Arrogant. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Lalari, who I think probably made the best character on the runway was Miss Bootlegger with her all off-brand, you know, weaves and those like, watches and necklaces and combs in her hair and her sash was on backwards yeah I liked this yeah I thought it was funny I mean from like a fashion perspective maybe not the most elevated but that's also kind of the point so I can appreciate it yeah I really liked it I thought it was funny um sash on backwards was good all the chains were funny the weaves the watches the combs I think she did really well yeah, I mean, she hasn't really been hitting this season in terms of looks compared to some of the others. There's definitely been some of the critiques online. So I guess this is a fun way of, you know, leaning into maybe a cheaper fabric and making it work for the runway that the category is in, you know. So, yeah, no, I, I liked it. So uh, it ended up being Lallery, um, Jimbo, Candy and Jessica at the top with Alexis and Kahana in the bottom two. Would you have changed any of that, Lija? No, I think it felt it felt fair. I didn't really want to see Alexis at the bottom because I do really like her. Um, but I thought it was a fair, a fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't want to see Alexis in bottom either because I feel like she kind of just landed there by default last yeah. time and this time too. So it's kind of like, oh, you've been in the bottom twice. It's like, wow. And she doesn't have a win. So now she's like the the runt of the litter almost. The person who doesn't have like anything, you know. And I think if they're judging the way they judged last time where they wouldn't let James stay because she didn't have the win, I think Alexis like is in danger, girl. Yeah. No, I think so too. I, I personally, and I feel like I said this one of the other weeks as well, I would put Jimbo in the bottom with Kahana. Um, Like... Again, they were the only one I didn't laugh out loud and I didn't like Tits McGee. And, and you know, they were still good and, like, 
you know, I kind of feel bad putting Kahana in the bottom because, you know, she was trying to show growth and I did like the show girl look, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you have to choose two at the bottom, I would have chosen Kahana and Jimbo probably because I feel Alexis's look just saved her. But, like, yeah, again, fair. it's like that weight between runway and challenge, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lala re-wins the challenge. Um, again, I probably would have given it to Jessica, but at least Lalari's look was slightly better, so I didn't really mind. Actually, I loved when uh, Lalari took out of her bag the Asia O'Hara DVD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Rue was like, oh, look, it's an Asia O'Hara DVD. I don't know the way they said it. <laughs> Definitely made it work for me. Um so they are up against uh, Georges as the lip sync assassin. Now we were talking about, you know, they're really rinsing the season 14 girls. We've had Jasmine, yeah. we had Angeria, now we had Georges. I'm pretty sure Lady Camden is still to come as well. Um, wow. Georges is a, Georges can do better than this, right? Georges did one death drop and gave up. I was yeah, confused. Me too. Because I, I like, I, it's made me reappreciate the girls from season 14 of like, yeah, there were a lot of great lip syncers in that season. And Georges was always a pretty fierce, like every time, if I remember correctly, when she was in the bottom, it was like, okay, she can dance her way out of this. Like, but she looked, she looked really, you could see on her face. She like, wasn't in it. She wasn't, I don't know if she was nervous or what, but yeah, it was, I was, it was surprising. She did that fun, like hair flick and then death drop. And you were so like, slow. oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be a good fight. And then, you know, in the edit, we just didn't see her do anything other than kind of gay bar dance floor dro- dancing. <laughs> you know, there was yeah. just sort of waving your hands in the air. Whereas Lala Ree, you know, I think has a great advantage here because it's Lizzo and like Lala Ree is so able to kind of emote in a way that kind of seems natural to a Lizzo track and like carry on kind of, you know, you know, you know, it just works with the beats of the song so much better. So she, um, so she wins actually, I just realized we never did the fame game looks. I keep forgetting about them. So what does that say? Oh, about, yeah, what does that say about the fame game? Uh, <laughs> so Monica Beverly Hills gave us uh, Miss Sunlight on the Skin which is a reference to season five that I don't quite remember. Um, but it's this kind of, it's kind of just a leotard with yellow, gold, red and kind of orange on it. I mean, this could be a lip sync perform. Like this isn't runway really. This is like a, this is a fun club outfit. She had this 100%. Yeah. And I do like the reference though. I do remember that she struggled really a lot with that challenge. And then she was reading from her book and stuff. And she was getting in trouble for it. And she was she was trying to say her line. She kept saying it wrong. Was, so I think that was the line the sunlight on the skin. Yeah, I need to sit here and get some sunlight on my skin or something like that. And it was like I can't remember what it, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like that. And then she couldn't finish the line. And then and they were and they were like, "You're literally reading it from a book, and you don't remember." It. And she had sunglasses on, so you couldn't <laughs> see her eyes move. So like she had loads of opportunity to just read the line. So I get it was a good throwback. I think she was very creative with maybe the outfit she already had, but. Yeah, it just wasn't that great. <laughs> Nisha Lopez gave us Miss Shady Lady with a dress entirely made from glasses and shades, she said. I, even though I'm not oh. sure about the bottom is. Um, and then she kind of... Do you know those pens that you can kind of pull and they have like some sort of advertisement in them? It was kind of... The dress was kind of like that, whereas on one side her cape, um, you know, revealed lots of sort of... Uh, shady comments from drag race lore 
again, I, I don't, I, I say it every week. There's something about Nisha that I always enjoy. I think she knows her fit really well. I liked this. I think it's clever. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I like it. It works for me. I'm not, I'm not floored by it, but I, I, I think it's clever. I loved it. I thought it was really good. They cut out in the middle, but still had like a transparent sunglasses, not sunglasses, just regular reading glasses in the middle. Um, and then the glasses made for the crown as well was cute. Oh, yeah. And then I, I did like that. I thought she was going to say that this is like receipts because she's a shady bitch, that this was like yeah. a big, huge, like receipt from like, you know, I was like, oh, I have the receipts. Like, I thought that's what this was. So she said receipts. I think it probably would have sold it in a little better. Because you're a shady bitch, like you keep the receipts. Um, it would have been fun actually it, if she'd written that up, kind of like almost like a style of a receipt where it was like yeah. you know dot 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 and then like a price, whatever afterwards. Um, yeah, I think that'd be fun. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. I think it, as far as fame game looks go as well, it's probably one of the best that I've yes. seen. Uh, next up was Miss Kasha Davis, who gave us Miss Senior Center and then a reveal <laughs> into Ariana Grandma. Um. You know, like, it's never the best fabric or execution, but actually, I kind of loved this character. <laughs> like, her as the granny, with that, like, you know, big, happy face. I was kind of... And, like, imagine a granny in those in those knee-high, black, you know, leather boots. <laughs> I'd love it. Yeah, I like this one. I think that's... I love. I, I think it's funny and goofy, and I love a good reveal. Yeah, and I think it was really good. It was so clever because when she came out in Miss Senior Center, I was like, okay, that's kind of cute. And then she did that. I was like, okay, yeah, no, I really love that. And it's stupid, <laughs> like which I love. I love stupid drag. Mm-hmm. Ariana Grandma as well. That is a great, you know, later in life drag queen name. Yeah. Yes. Stage ready. <laughs> Shake and go. <laughs> uh, we're getting a bit more, you know, social commentary here with Darian Lake, who gave us Miss Shapen, because there's many, you know, all bodies are beautiful, no matter what shape or size it is. So I guess what she's wearing is a purposely shapeless silhouette with like a pink tuft on her head. I think the makeup looks good. I appreciate the social statement, but, you know, it does kind of just look like. A cat got to her bathrobe. Yeah, if she had like maybe taken it off for a big reveal or something, that would be fun. But as it is, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm. I'm I don't. I'm. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't really get it too much. But like, I do like the social commentary, and I do like the idea that the sash. She's too big for the sash almost. Mm. Um. But yeah, I think it's a bit too haphazard. Like, I think it could have been done a little differently, but. I got it, but wasn't great. And then finally, the first entry for James Mansfield into the fame game. She was giving us Miss Queen of the Ring. So very much shattering RuPaul in, in their sort of interpretation of the challenge. In this like electric blue gown with massive big feathers with white sort of feathery trim around both sleeves and the base and the, the neck in her trademark platinum blonde wig. You know, as a like a, as as a fit, I thought it looked really well. I thought the makeup looked well, but I don't know, Miss Queen of the Ring. I guess this is her boxing gown, like dressing gown. I don't know. I didn't get the character too much. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't really. I get. Yeah, I guess I get it from like a boxing standpoint as a boxing kind of robe that you go out into the ring wearing. But yeah, I don't. It doesn't quite translate for me. Like she doesn't look like she's boxed 
a thing in her life. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I think maybe it might have been something again that she had. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I'll just be Miss Queen of the Ring that's going into the ring for some reason. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't like when I can tell. Um, yeah, I know Miss Pinup or something could have worked a bit better than that. I would have loved yeah. if someone had done like one of the like Little Miss Sunshine or something like that. Little Miss Naughty or oh, like from yeah. the Mr. Men or something. But I guess that's probably copyrighted. They couldn't do it. Um, so sorry, anyway, back to Lallery versus Gord- Georges. Um, Lallery wins. She chooses Kahana's lipstick and sends Kahana home. The other queens uh, also all vote for Kahana apart from Kahana herself. Um, so look I think she had a good run I think she came here to show that she has had a glow up since season 11 and being the second out I think she's achieved that so I was you know not to say I wasn't sad to see her go but like I don't feel hard done by for her that she left at this stage yeah I think that she did what she needed to do and as far as I can tell a lot of doors open for you when you're back on the the stage so hopefully you know, she gets out of it what she wanted to. I said this last week, and it's getting more and more <laughs> serious. I'm getting stressed by how, like, how it's all going to end. Because there's five episodes left, and there's only five queens left. Now, we know, no mm-hmm. like, last episode, no one's going to go home. There's, like, a fame game episode. I don't think anyone's going home. But I just don't know how, like... Is someone like someone actually going home next week, and there's still four episodes to go with four people? I'm I'm actually finding it stressful now <laughs> in terms of the format. I don't know what they're gonna do. Next week is a design challenge, so you'd have to favor Alexis and Jimbo because Lala isn't great, Jessica isn't great, and Candy is kind of only okay. So, like, if Alexis wins, she's not gonna go home, which means one of the other four is going home, and I can't really imagine that either. So. Yeah, well, we're at the point where everyone that's left has done so well that it's hard to imagine any of them going home. I think for me of the group, Jessica has been the weakest. I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't give you stats and figures as to what I'm basing that off, but that's, that's who for me, I think is next to go. I'm worried about that too I love Jessica I'm 100% biased but I feel she is the least favoured by kind of the show like not to get all conspiratorial but I feel like you know they're not going to send Candy home Jim was done so well so those two are definitely into the into the into the final two there's just something about the fact that Lala walked into the workroom last which always is such like an important position that I feel like Lala's going to get to the final and I think you know, I just feel there, there's something about Jessica that I think they're happy to, you know, they kind of put her into the bottom as a default in Snatch Game. I feel like she could be in trouble. And there's a few times that I've been worried for her. So I am worried she'll go next week or Alexis. And I actually think those two are my mm-hmm. favorite. So I'm a bit mm-hmm. worried for next week. Yeah, I think you're probably about right. I think the Candy and Jimbo thing of them not being untouchable almost makes sense. Um, but I think Jessica's been doing quite well. Like you're looking back, like she has, like she did really well in the first two episodes, and she did win the third. I think she's been funny. She just hasn't been a standout. So if she can get a standout, maybe we could see her go a little bit further. And maybe if Alexis fumbles or something, she'll be the one to go because I feel like she has the worst track record at the moment. No wins and two bottoms. Yeah. Oh, Alexis so... definitely has the worst track record. I just think she might do well at the design challenge. Design, yeah. Like it would we'll be see. almost. Not fitting, but 
ironic in that like Alexis went home you know she was top five in her first season she had a really stacked cast and the episode she went home in was a ball so it was basically a design challenge so if that happens again like be raging for her yeah <laughs> and she's there in her turquoise gown that turquoise. she made herself and she's like I stayed up all night stoning this till I was blind and Michelle said I don't care if that happens again next week you know <laughs> when she said got it Still underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear that again. You wanna hear it again. So look, that could definitely happen as well. But there does seem to be this um because we haven't seen any of the alliances come into into play yet. No. Like all the queens have been very unanimous with their voting. Like there hasn't been any wild cards. And it could be a thing, you know, we do see in the trailer. Alexis go or Lala says to Alexis if you win you don't forget that I saved you last week so this could be this could come into fruition Lala could be in the bottom with Jessica and Alexis saves Jessica over or Lala over Jessica or something like that that could definitely happen next week yeah I feel like we're still waiting though for a huge like oh my god I can't believe they sent that person home moment and I feel like maybe we'll get that soon Um, yeah I was reflecting on that too like it seems as though there's a consensus like we are only going to vote people off based on track record and not based on strategy. And I was I'm just wondering why that is, because is it because they're concerned about burning bridges in the future and they're concerned about like their relationships with their cast members? Is it because they're concerned of getting the like bad guy, bad queen edit from the the producers? Um, like I don't know. Maybe I'm just being cutthroat, but I feel like I would want to be more strategic with if someone's in the bottom and I have the opportunity to vote them out and they're really good. Like, I'm going to do it because I want to win. But maybe that's just bad sportsmanship. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I want the drama, mama. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us again. Like I said, do you want to let people know, you know, about your glorious YouTube page or anything else you have going on? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I, um, you can watch my YouTube channels over or my YouTube videos over on my channel, Leja Miller. That's L E E J A. Um, I also have just launched a brand new course. So if you have any interest in becoming a YouTuber, I teach you all my tips and tricks and secrets in that course too. So those are my two big projects at the moment. If you were to cast your vote for the fame game now, who are you voting for? Oh, I don't know. Kahana's probably going to sweep it up, I think. She's got really good looks, I think. But if I'm basing it on the people who are currently there, yeah. Anisha Lopez. I'd Me love too. Me too. too. Yeah. Okay. She's just, yeah. I'd love to, like, I know, I don't think the vote's open until after the Fame Game episode or whatever, but I'd love to, like, see a poll. Maybe I'll do it on yeah. this. Maybe I'll do it on Sissy That Pod on Instagram and see what people are thinking. Yeah. yeah no Story highlight. Story highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um,. Yeah, I'd love to see what people are thinking in terms of like where the fame game is jumping up. But I kind of feel like any of the queens left in the competition that go home are the ones that are going to win anyway. Like if Jessica goes home, she'll win. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, yeah, so it's kind of like they've been walking up and down that runway for nothing for weeks, babe. <laughs> that's kind yeah. of what I feel about Monica Beverly Hills. At this point, like I really don't think she's going to win. And I'm just like, oh, here she comes again. <laughs> She's got to lead the pack. She's got to lead the pack. <laughs> All right, well, look, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with the next episode of All Stars 8. Until then, have a lovely week, and we shall see you. Love you. Bye. Bye.
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.